Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. the Man of the Post Weekend Review Show. I'm your host, Ali, and joining me this evening, as always, we have Mr. Dave Black and Simon O'Regan. How are we, gentlemen? I've had better days. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've had better days. I think this might be as good as guess. So, on, on that note, for anyone listening at home, it is the weekend of El Review and we will just start there. We'll We'll, we'll pass off the, the usual order that we normally run in because, let's be honest, nobody cares about 90% of the games we're talking about. Um, so let's go straight into today's our review code, Simon versus Dave. Not the quiz for once. Um, although, but, but the same outcome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Simon's asked Villa what performed just as well as, as Simon on a play. Um, so Newcastle coming away 1 0 winners. Um, fairly comfortable to be fair. Aston Villa just looked. Very lacklustre at best. Uh, Dave, since since you won, I'll, I'll come to you first, obviously, and you'll be the most chipper and positive in this one. Yeah, no, delighted. Um, wasn't wasn't a vintage game of football, I don't think. It's probably fair to say, but um, I thought first half we were very good um, without ever really making a, a clear cut chance. But it's just the way we're playing now. It's great to see us pressing and actively, you know, trying to make things happen rather than what we've been used to for the last. Three, four, five years, which is you know sitting back on your own goal line, really, and trying to trying to soak up the pressure and trying to counter attack. Now there is obviously still an element of counter attack to our player, but we also actively try and win the ball back in the opposition's half. Make a big difference to how you play. So um, I'm delighted we got the result. Uh, I thought the second half was one of the worst halves of football I've ever seen, but didn't maybe need to be from my point of view. Um Sai you, you probably feel similar, I'd imagine. <laughs> but, um but, but to be honest, there wasn't an awful lot in the game. Like I know you'll probably feel down about getting beat, but you lost to a direct free kick, like and there wasn't half full of chances for either team, I don't think. Yeah, that's sort of my feeling on it is that I don't think Newcastle were great either. I think the first half they were you were clearly um, much sharper than us and you're a lot quicker to the ball but like you said Ben never really looked like scoring I don't think either team did but you you put the effort in and, and sort of put the hard yards in and, and fought for every ball whereas that first half especially we just did I mean that, that, that first half it's been a while since I've seen us been that bad in, in a 45 minute spell and second half I, I thought we we were the slightly better team in the second half, but still without really looking like scoring. Um, obviously, we had the the uh, the Watkins disallowed goal, and it's one of them that 
and most people say it's not an offside goal, but it is an offside goal because of the way the rules are, are written. Although you've seen some some of the um, stills of some of the angles of the lines drawn, I'm still not 100% sure that he actually was offside, to be honest. I thought, I thought the whole VAR process was very odd and out of, uh, out of keeping with how pretty much every other VAR offside has been looked at. Like they seem to go out of their way to not show us what they were looking at for a long time. And then eventually they put this image which showed them as being offside. And I thought, well, aye, right. It just, it just, it, it's it's even, how, how they came to that conclusion. But even like the lines they, they drew, and obviously you can't quite see, well, the images that we've seen, we don't necessarily have the camera angles that they're looking at. But it kind of looked like they drew the defender's line from his toe, but his heel was further back, or it certainly looked like it was. So, I don't know, it's, it's one of those that I think is very harsh that that is being given. Well, I think with this, isn't this a stupid thing, as you say, with the camera angles, where, like, we can't see the same frame rate they can. So, like, where they're drawing the line is actually a different frame for them is what we're seeing. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it's... But it's stupid. It's the same as that Mane one against Everton last year, I think it was, where he was clearly like, it looked like he was onside from every angle we saw, but it turned, it was this stupid excuse about the frame rates, but, um, you kind of just got to say aye <laughs> and go yeah. with it because you can, and assume they've got it right, but, um, I say I, I didn't really, if it had gone against me, I'd have been pretty annoyed because it, it, it didn't look like a clear and obvious error against what the line had given. Um, and I know you don't get clear and obvious with offsides. You either are, you aren't. But there it was millimetres between the lines. Yeah, and it, it, it came at kind of a crucial point in the game, really, as well. Because I think Trippier had not long gone off. And we were starting to, to have a lot more of the ball and, and were playing more in your half. And you kind of think, had that gone in with... The moods might have changed in, in the stadium. You, you don't know what might have happened, but I mean, I'm, I'm not going to try and sit here and, and blame the defeat on that. You know, we we, we were really, really poor. Yeah, so, like I said, I didn't think there was actually an awful lot in the game, and had it finished nil-nil, I don't think many people would have had too much of a complaint. But if you had to pick a winner, you'd probably say that Newcastle just about shaded it just on on that first half. Yeah, I suppose what I would say about yourselves is that the changes Gerard made actually made you worse, um, which you know isn't against the manager. It's just I thought like Bailey came on was awful. He didn't look like he was match fit whatsoever. Um, which, all right, I guess the manager could have thought about that, but he's an impact player. He's, he, he has been very good when he's been fit. He's just never fit, as far as I can see. <laughs> um, so he didn't he didn't cover himself in glory for the 15 minutes or so he was on. Um, and obviously, you know, Ings and Watkins are kind of much of a muchness, really. You, you, you obviously get more movement from Watkins, but Ings is probably the better finisher, but um, neither of them, particularly in the game. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought you kind of got progressively worse as the game went on um, in the second half. Um, to the point where, as you say, like when you scored, if that, if that had counted, I would have thought you might have gone on to win the game, but it also seemed to kill any momentum you had, uh, and it kind of peaked out a bit from there, from your point of view. Yeah, well, I mean, personally, I, I think Ings should have started the game because um, Watkins just looks a, a shadow of the play he was last season and on Wednesday night against Leeds, he was really, really poor, I thought. So, I, I, yeah, I was a bit surprised that, that Ings didn't start that. 
and then on the point of sort of the game petering out, petering out, sorry, um, it got really scrappy in that second half, didn't it? Which, to be fair, suited Newcastle, I think, more yeah. than did us. Well, I mean, what I would say is that it was the type of thing we never do. Like, we've always been awful at managing games. I think I've said on this pod before where, like, just foul a man and stop him breaking on you. Like, Man City are the absolute masters of it. They foul a man 80 yards on their own goal. And it, everyone goes, ah, oh, well, you know, it's not just a nothing foul. But what you don't bear in mind is that the way they press, they know if their press gets broken in the, in the opposition's half, they look at it like a two-on-two or worse. And um, we're not quite as cavalier as that, but, you know, by, by giving away fouls outside your penalty area, that's doing no damage to us, really. Um, and all it does is slow the player down. So from a sort of dark ass point of view, I was quite pleased to see us do that for once, um, because it's, it's something we haven't done for a long time. But it made the game awful to watch. <laughs> I, I thought uh, thought Joel Linton maybe got away with uh, with not getting a second yellow card for his, his foul on Bailey in the second half. Uh, see, I, 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 I was surprised he wasn't given a second yellow card. But I also didn't think it was a foul. Like he put his hands on him and barely fell down. Like it, it was soft to say the least. But it's one of those you normally you'd see. It. I think had he not been booked, I, I think he he may have got got a card. Yes. Yeah. I put, Go along with that, but and I, I the, didn't seen it back. I thought it was a bit soft, really. The the yellow card that he did get as well. Oh, three thousand one, wasn't it? He had a good go at him. If it had been, uh, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Probably a different debate for that one. Whether you can get fouled, we get booked three times for attempt to foul a man three times. But <laughs> um, uh, after what happened to Martinelli in the week, I guess everything's possible. <laughs> Where's Michael Oliver when you need him? Oh, he wouldn't have given it. He was in the losers end. <laughs> <laughs> Right, enough of this, Martin Ellie talk. Don't use Tommy and those two cabbages that were on TV. <laughs> don't, just don't get me started on that. Um, I mean, but, just just be clear, that was a definite two yellows and a red. Just Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. I thought you were coming to Rio Fernand for a minute. Oh, no, no, definitely not. Good time from um, hosting this show. Cause I, oh, never mind. Um, right, something I wanted to touch on there, because you both, you've both brought it on, and I, and I asked you, Simon, in the, the, the bit for your other podcast. Gerard's tactics in general. Um, it's always going to sound harsh coming from me talking about Gerard. I get this, but I, I do think Villa and and one half or the other tactically have been very very negative. Um, played some great attacking football, and it's usually the first half to be fair. And then if you get a goal up, um, obviously that didn't happen today. He didn't start very well, but even in the first half today. And you and it was what you mentioned on Watkins as well about how Watkins has been off it, and and this is the point I'm kind of getting at. I feel he's very isolated now. You know, there's not he's not got players around him. Obviously, like last year, he's had Grealish, so he's had that system that he played and the way Dean Smith played. But I always felt that there's players around Watkins, whereas today, especially in that first half, I felt like Villa's tactics were punt the ball long and hope Watkins, you know, kind of glued it to his chest. Because there was a good 30 yards in him and any, even like a continual, which really is, his role was meant to be supporting a striker. Um, how have you found Gerard's tactics in general? In general, we, we've, we've not been too bad. Um, there's been, a, probably you'd say today and the Brentford defeats, like you'd look at and go, you'd, they're, they're quite bad ones. But overall, we, it's, it's been okay, but you, you kind of, you're limited with what you're working with, and, and the midfield it, it, it is an issue that needs addressing. And we we knew that in the summer. There's there's a real disconnect between 
the the uh, the back of the pitch and the top of the pitch, and, and it sort of comes from the midfield. And we we don't have a, a proper defensive midfielder. Yeah, yeah. And, and it and that that's the real problem because I think John begins suffering from not having that as well, well because it, he's he's having to play a lot deeper than you'd want him because you can't trust Louise to be there on his own. So. It's it's a it's a tough one. I, I don't know if it's necessarily necessarily something that you can solely put on the manager because I just don't think we've got the personnel in that midfield. To I, I don't know. I, mean, I suppose that you could argue we'll play a different way, but mm. I yeah. don't know. It's, McGinn's one of the ones I pointed out in the deal. So I had this talk in our Liverpool WhatsApp group today, and McGinn's just not very popular. Um, yeah, but I, obviously I'm a massive fan of McGinn. I, I, don't get me wrong. I think Villa's about his level. I'm not sure he could do it, you know, right at the top. But uh, again, since Gerard coming, he had he, he was really good the first couple of games for Gerard. But the last few games, especially the, like obviously just since we last recorded, you, my only like highlights from McGinn's performances have been like clearances in defence. You know, like diving headers and blocks at the back post and McGinn's are he's just a natural box to box midfielder you know driving runs very like poor man Gerrard really and I (laughs) I actually thought Gerrard was going to flourish Uh, well McGinn was going to flourish for Gerrard you know kind of taking him under his wing but Jacob Ramsey seems to be the player who's you know he's 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 a star in the making and you'll, you'll do well to hold on to him like you know long term because I do think he can go you know to the top yeah, well, just on the game, the, the point you make about the first few games when Joe first came in is we had the Camber in there right. who who is a, a proper hold midfielder. Now, he's not someone that I'd ever been massively sold on, but to be fair, those first sort of four or five games that he played, he, he played really, really well. So, so that allows McGinn to not have to worry so much about that. And so that, that's something that, that needs to be addressed. And yeah, the point on Jacob Ramsey, he, the, the, the level of developments in his game in the last year is, is unbelievable. Last season, I kind of, I thought he's all right, but I don't see him having much of a future. But his game's just gone on to a completely different level this season. He, the way, he, the way he breaks forward into the box and yeah. runs with the ball. I mean, he, today he didn't have the best of games, but he was the one trying to, to drive us forward from midfield. And yeah, he's a, I'm a big fan of his and he, he seems to be flourishing so far. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially on him. Um, I'm going to go easy on you because obviously you know you know what I think of your um, your captain and, and centre back. Um, but paired with Callum Chambers today, then uh, that might have been the worst centre back pair that's ever paired up. Probably. But do you know what? I, I I didn't think they 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 were that bad today. So I didn't think they had an awful lot to do. Lucas didn't really threaten so much. I thought they were just relatively competent. Obviously Chambers. Made the foul, which is a clumsy challenge, but that that stems from the uh, the problems we have in the midfield. There's just no protection for the, for those two centre backs at the moment. Dejan Lovren's won a Champions League and a league title, mate. That's what happens when you've got nothing to do. It's fine. You can't, does it <laughs> does it make them anything else? Um, Dave, onto yourself. Like the, the, I think the biggest point you summed up and what I noticed today watching watching the game was how well you killed off the second half. You know, you just. Well's not been pretty. He just killed the game, you know. And you made it scrappy. You made it start stop. Um, especially, obviously, 
once your fullbacks went off, obviously they're massive parts of your players. So the players you're coming on, it's a massive downgrade. Um, Saint Maximin might be the king of winning fills. He needs to go at this rate because anybody who went near him today, um, as soon as he tried to break away, it's like oh, touchdown, absolute brilliant, perfect. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose the, you look at it two ways, really. I mean, I'm a little bit concerned as how poor we were without Trippier because, you know, your right back maybe shouldn't have that much of a, an impact on, on how you play. Would talking to you? Well, <laughs> it seemed uh, seemed to really disrupt how how we how we played. Now, to be fair, Villa did improve a lot from the first half, so maybe we'll not look too much into it, but. Um, yeah, it's 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 a strange one, really. It's uh, it's nice to see us doing things proper football teams do, which again we haven't really done for a long time. Um, we have got West Ham away next week, which isn't the easiest. So I'm pleased we've got a four point cushion now and a game in hand. Um, hopefully we just pull away and just forget about being in the scrap ever. <laughs> Um, one one last question I had written down for you. Obviously, yeah, Bruno Gamaras come on in the, the last minute. I hate those ninetieth minute subs. Just so annoying. But, uh, and I believe he came on midweek as well. Is that right? During the, the yeah, he came on for the last five minutes against Everton as well. Um, Is this just getting fitness? Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's two parts to it really. Is that how doesn't really want to change a winning team, which I can understand. Um, because, I mean, to be fair, we played very well against Everton on Tuesday night. You wouldn't drop Willock on current form because he's doing a lot of the pressing. Um, you wouldn't drop Joe Linton because he's just a, a man mountain in there and he really helps out uh, on that left-hand side because Sam Maxman doesn't necessarily defend that much. Um, and Shelby is a different man. <laughs> um, he'll always get stick from everybody, but uh, he... Um, has been so much better under Howe than he was under Bruce. Yeah. Um, he, he, he actually never really stops running anymore, which I'm surprised at. Even he joins in with the pressing game. Um, and he's just a calm head in there on the ball. Like, I know he's got a rash tackle on him, but you notice, you know, possession turns over. He doesn't just belt it away. He normally takes that extra second and just picks a pass out, and it makes all the difference, especially when he's giving it to, you know, a trippier or, or someone who's actually decent now. So, um He's got an ego on the ball, but a, like a good ego, you know. He's yeah, no, he backs himself. Yeah, completely. yeah. So I think long term, I can see him playing alongside Bruno, um, and then you'll be looking at one of Joe Linton or Willock to, to stay in the team. Um, it's nice to have options, of course, it is, but um, I think it's also a, a good option to be able to ease in the new boy and uh, he'll get his chance. And obviously, you know, his two little cameos have been quite good so far. Um, Obviously, didn't do much today, but even like Duff things like he went that in for he went in for a fifty-fifty in, yeah. in injury time today, which you might not necessarily expect from a thirty-five billion Brazilian from you know from the French league, but he you know he stuck his head in there, got the foul, and that was that. So I, I was because yeah. he'd done nothing as you say, but as you say, last minute of the game coming on, high price signing, but just just to, as you say, just to you know attack that ball and and win the foul, like that's not a lot of players would do that. You know what I mean? It'd be like oh, you put me in the last minute. I'm not going for that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, fair play to him. Well, that's it. I think he's got to buy into the, the project. He must know that you know, long term he's going to play in that midfield for hopefully years to come. Um, and I hopefully look back on this and say, well, you know, him and Trippier were the first two who came and, uh, and really got us out of the mire. And then 
well, I hope take us on to bigger things, but we're always a day away from disaster up here, so there'll be something that goes wrong. But <laughs> Yeah, so as you say, you've got West Ham next away, and Simon, you have Watford. Yeah, uh, Watford at home on Saturday. So that's a big game for yourselves as well, Dave, if, if Villa can, can take three points there. Um, currently, obviously, the bottom of the table shows you four clearer, four clearer Norwich and a game in hand. Um, Watford game in hand to Norwich, two points further behind, and Burnley loads of games in hand. But um, just look, look, Dad, this might be the year, Dave. Which, well, I mean, we'll come on to them a little bit later on, but you might finally get your your wish this year. Yeah, well, hopefully, but <laughs> you never know. Like I say, like they've got games in hand, um, and as we found out last season, we looked dead and buried, and then all of a sudden. Start playing against teams who perhaps weren't as motivated as everyone else, and wins became a bit easier to get. So you'd never say never. And I still think we've got a big target on our back because I think a lot of clubs would be quite happy to see us get relegated. Yeah, uh, including the top teams. To be oh, fair. I think especially the top teams because with the with the clout we've got financially, um, I'd be very surprised. You know, the caliber of players we went for this this January were, were, were good in some cases. Obviously, they didn't want to come. Just yet, but if that's the kind of money they're willing to throw about, you know, it, it shouldn't be a matter of time before we can start clawing our way up the table. Yeah. Um, and I imagine the likes of Tottenham in particular, who are on a definite decline, which we'll come on to, um, they must be breaking it a little bit to see these other teams coming through. Yeah, because I, I generally believe you lost out on a lot of targets this January just purely on the, the unknown that you were going to be in the Premier League next year. Oh, 100%. And to be honest, I mean, I mean, I think I'd probably include Villa in this as well because you know Villa aren't short for quitter too, and I think Gerard will attract some quality players like he has done this January. So um, I don't think there's anything to worry about there. I think both teams will be in the top half next season. Um, yeah, I, I, there's no reason why not. But that is. the recruitment's well in the summer um, for both both teams Villa as well. Obviously, Villa are in a better position than yourselves just now, Dave. But um, as you know, Simon, you've said you know the recruitment for the it's been good so far. They're, they're attracting players in the right positions. I just hope that they can find that defensive midfielder. Um, for me, left side of centre back, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, that's never going to change. I genuinely believe that you're mid table until until he goes. Um, everything else around it kind of protects him. But yeah, it's it's good. It was um, it's a scrappy game today. Uh, I think Newcastle, you know, deserve one of on the balance, say not much talking points to the, the, the disallowed goal. Uh, St. Maximum had a chance that went for a corner, deflected for a corner, it was just past the post. But yeah, apart from that, it was just scrap. So yeah, at least um, no no, no blood lost between the two years. So you're still here recording, so can't, can't be too bad. That's it. El Review Accord goes again. Uh, yeah. ne- next season, no reviews. I've played each other twice now, so. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, we've got one each for this season so that's fair enough ah, see perfect complete that's harmony here at Man in the Post um, six points off Carl and Cy in a week though so <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when should you play Liverpool next? Oh, hopefully never <laughs> um, I'm, I'm now curious Dave I'm, uh, I have no idea when our fixtures are when uh, Newcastle they're not in the last game of the season Dave actually our last game of the season is Burnley away, which is uh, it's a, a, which sounds like my worst nightmare, to be honest. Thirty of April, Dave, at, at, at uh, St James's Park. 
spicy. Yeah, so you'll be safe by then. We'll be three points off the top. Good. Um, right. Anyway, let's go. Let's go back to chronological order, um, and we'll go to the early kickoff on Saturday, and a result that pleases basically ninety percent of um, football fans. Um, Man United an absolute shambles once again, and um, coming out a one-all draw at Southampton. Hey, uh, Simon, come to you first on this one. Yeah, oh, it's great to see, isn't it? What's, what's going on with them? Um, I thought Southampton played really, really well. They're they're such an odd team, Southampton, aren't they? Because you know they've, they've got away to Tottenham in midweek and won, got away and got a point at Old Trafford. Yet they they can chuck in like a run of four or five games where they won't win at all either. So yeah, a bit of a funny team, but man, you, I mean. Just there's so many things wrong at that club at the moment. You, you sort of think whoever goes in in the summer is going to have one hell of a job on their hands because I just I, you look at you look at some of their players and sort of on paper ability wise, there looks like there's some like decent players there, but there's such a rotten attitude that seems to be running through that club at the moment. Um, it's funny to watch, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they have no no arguments for me. It's it's very strange the man like we we keep talking about like they've got a lot of good players in there. Um but it's it's kinda like what I said about the Chelsea last season. It's it's like somebody's playing football manager, but not from this season, from ten seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know the it's just it just it just it makes no sense. Like the the, the Sancho one, um, the Van der Beek signings, uh, the Sancho one. I feel like they were just backed into a corner. Um, you know they try to get him for so long, and um, the Ronaldo one. Like I'll stand by. I said at the beginning. I think Ronaldo for me was one of the best players I ever watched. I, I loved Ronaldo. I was in the Ronaldo v Messi camp. I was in the Ronaldo camp always, but. He, he's he's not done, obviously not. He could do a job and like lower down, but at the top level, there's no team who needs a Ronaldo anymore. Like he doesn't have, you know, the way teams play. I, I still believe City would have he would have fit City better because he could have just stood in the box as they passed the ball around and passed <laughs> over. Any team that needs needs him to run, he's he's useless. Surely he's both against that one. Uh, one hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's had his day at Premier League level. Yeah, it's the the worst thing is, as you said, Simon, the about the, the kind of the poison running through. I was playing golf with a Man United fan this morning, and he was saying it's 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 not fair to blame Ronaldo, um, because Ronaldo's just setting the standards high, and and players can't live with it. Whilst I agree, Ronaldo's probably setting the standards higher than what they've been used to with like Solskjaer in charge and. You know what they've had to deal with since, since Ferguson left. I I, I kind of agree with that. But signing a, a player like Ronaldo on five hundred grand a week, who's coming in to take, you know, either obviously we'll, we'll, he who shall not be named him anymore. But he was upcoming. You had Rashford at the time, you know, who was high on the list. Of everybody, Cavani is a far better centre forward than than Ronaldo right now. Who so you're losing minutes from all these guys as well. Andy's on like two or three times the amount of wages. <sighs> Like, how is that not the poison that's running through the club that automatically... And it's been well known that Bruno Fernandes and him don't get on and don't play well together. 
Um, and Fernandez was Man United's player of the year last year. For me, everything stems back to run. that having a PE teacher in social uh, <laughs> as a manager for so long doesn't help. But bringing somebody like Ronaldo in is just mind blowing to me now. I don't think you can. First and foremost, like, are they any worse or better now under under Ranić than they were under Solskjaer? I don't think they're any. Certain, they're any better. I feel they've um, got an identity under Ranić than Solskjaer, which is very strange to say. It's. I mean, it, it, I watched Southampton against Tottenham in midweek. So coming into this game, I thought strange feeling actually I actually felt like Southampton were the favourites like, <laughs> I watched them play against Tottenham and they're just absolutely everything that Man United aren't like they're just a cohesive unit they'll play they'll pass around you they'll defend as a team they'll attack as a team they've got someone in war trials who can make things happen um, and they were right on it from the first whistle like Brogia is just every time better um, and he had Maguire on toast multiple times <laughs> Um, you know, ran on toast at one point, so that's no main feat. But <laughs> he, um, if Southampton had won, I wouldn't have been surprised. Um, I don't know, man. They had a little bit of a rally towards the end where they floated in a few free kicks, which got you know poured away by Foster. But they created very little in open play, um, and I thought Southampton were, were, were fantastic. Um, comes back to what we always say about Hassan Hüttler, where he seems to sort of claw himself back up the ladder and, be, and becomes everyone's favourite manager again. And then he'll get beats like 100-0 um, and it'll all go back to shit again. So um, if I was Man United, would you look at Hassan Hüttler as an option? Ah, yeah, probably. <laughs> like, it's, got, it's got to be better than, uh, than what they're doing at the minute, which is just appointing random people as, as interim managers without... Really having a plan. Um, every season it's like, well, let's get Pochettino. And Pochettino is either not answering his phone or just doesn't want to go. Because like, like I said before, like if they wanted him, they'd have got him by now. Yeah. Like, like he can't be having that good of a time at, at Paris Saint Germain. Like, I know he's got like the best players in the world, but they don't play like it. Like they won in on Friday night in the ninety-third minute against Rennes. Yeah. It's like, what a life. <laughs> and you're I- I think it's well, yes. <laughs> I think it, it says a lot that that's now the second manager in a few weeks that in their post match interview has basically just completely shredded his man you and, and and told everyone how how bad they are with the Hassan Hutel saying what is it something like we it's no secret that when they lose the ball they don't like tracking back. <laughs> Yeah, uh, did you say Jermaine G was getting upset about this on Match of the Day? Yeah, I thought it was a bit was odd, it, really. It was an odd, it was an odd, odd, odd hill to die on, wasn't it? it was like, <laughs> oh, I don't, like, I don't even talk about other managers like that. It's like, all right, Jermaine. <laughs> um, in, in my notes, Dave, I actually had that down. down <laughs> it's just the oddest thing. Like, like, it's just an odd stance to take. <laughs> like, <laughs> rather... rather but then, but then, but then, Janus proceeded to analyse how many United didn't do that. I was like, yeah. so, so you're, so you're allowed. Spain's <laughs> goalkeepers union about all protecting each other. That's what. Yeah, uh, uh, it's just bizarre. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there was rumours in the week again that Man United players weren't happy with the training um, that Randy Gore's mate was doing. Um, I can't remember the coach's name, but they've called him Ted Lasso anyway. So. <laughs> But like at some point, they must realise like the problem is the players. Like 
Yeah. All, as you said at the start of this little section, there's, there's obviously a, a rotten core there. Um, like they wouldn't let Lingard go for the sake of him playing ten minutes every week. Like that can't be good for morale generally. I wouldn't have thought. He's been there forever. You'd think he's quite well liked amongst everybody. Yeah. Um, you've got De Gea who makes like ten saves a match. You've got Maguire, the captain, who they blatantly all hate because he's just hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> right. On, on Harry Maguire, right? Now, he, he's basically the laughing stock of, of English defenders, Bob Tyron Minx. Uh, but like, somebody surely is at, Who does the analysing of like the defensive play at United and doesn't quickly realise that Maguire is the root of most of the defensive mistakes? Well, yeah, but then they look at the alternatives and say, like, Eric Bailey like, run, run into walls and things, and, <laughs> and Phil Jones with his finger up his arse, and I think, well, you know what, maybe I just won't bother. <laughs> Couldn't you put one of them beside, beside Varane? Like, Scott McTominay plays centre-half of Scotland. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, surely he's got to get the point where, like, they need to take Maguire out of the firing line for his own good. Um, I know he has to, the problem is he's the captain, which causes, like, oh, you can't leave your captain out. But there's no way the players are thinking, yeah, he should be playing. There's no way. I remember playing football, even at our level, and when that one shit player was always in a game, <laughs> you, you let him know. <laughs> well, this is it. Like I say, that's kind of be having a good, a good uh, effect on morale when you've got someone like that who's he's blatantly playing below his level. I mean, I, I, I know how McGuire gets a lot of stick, but he is better than what he's playing at the minute. We've seen him be better than this. He's just going through an awful spell. Um, and whether it's because he's in a two-man defence, whether you know whether it should be a three-man defence, etc., etc., it's all irrelevant. Like at the minute, he's playing poorly. Uh, and they have other defenders who are available. Um, surely you'd have to play one of them at some point. Yeah, you'd, you'd think so. My my dream for England is to see Harry Boyer and Tyron Minks line up together. Um, oh, well, never say never, unless Ben White, unless ben White gets in. <laughs> um, right, Man United then, top four, yes or no, Dave? No. Simon? No. Okay, one team, who, who finishes in the top four? Assuming it's City, Liverpool, Chelsea is the, the other three, Dave. Uh, I can't believe it's come to this, but I think Arsenal. Uh, Simon? Uh, I think West Ham. Uh, if for me, if Wolves hadn't have shut the bed midweek against Arsenal, I'd have said Wolves. Um, which obviously we'll come on to where the result today. But yeah, um, right, we'll move on and we'll move on again. Um, <laughs> next game, Brentford nil, Crystal Palace nil. Um, <laughs> Dave, anything to add? Or are we moving on? Uh, no, Brentford are going to get sucked into the battle. Yeah, I, 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 predict, I predicted about eight weeks ago. <laughs> it's just taking longer than I expected. Five defeats in a row, and then this draw as well. So one point in six games, Dave. Uh, I, I was thinking about this, Steve, when I was writing notes, actually, how close they are to getting sucked in. Um, if we beat them in two weeks, we'll overtake them, or at least go level on points with them. Um, and that should be the beginning of the end for Brentford. <laughs> yeah, okay. Simon, anything to add on, the, on this? Um, no, it's just a shame Christian Eriksen didn't didn't play in that game because that that would have been something to to have livened it up a bit. But uh, we'll have to wait for his his return. And he'll make his return against us now and score the winner just to <laughs> <laughs> just, just to uh, prove me wrong for the hundredth time. Uh, on to my least favourite game of the weekend. Um, 
that I quite happily brush right past. Although leagues are absolutely awful, they, they might. They're not the worst in the league, just because thingy. But they're squad wise, they might have the worst squad in the league. Um, Everton three leads nil. Um, I Everton getting relegated. Bet and hope. You know, took a dent here, Dave. Yeah, I did. I did feel this might happen. I mean, Everton were poor against us in the week, and I thought there's bound to be a reaction here with a new manager in a home game now where the fans obviously love Frank Lampard because he's not Rafa Benitez. Yeah. Um, like they could have appointed, you know, the old inanimate carbon rod, and he would have been cheered from the rafters um, because he's not Rafa Benitez. So, um, yeah, I did I kind of fancied Everton here, um, but he said Leeds were. Awful, and when you're subbing off your best player at half time for not being good enough, it's like, wow. <laughs> I watched a video today of Neil Warnock talking about Adele Tarat, and he was at QPR. As you do, as you do. Yeah, was, <laughs> I don't know what, why I was watching, I don't know where I'd seen it. It just popped, I think it popped up on YouTube, him and Jimmy Bullard, and I, I was talking about like Tarat, I was speaking to him, and the fans, it must have been when the fans weren't for him, he was just starting playing. But obviously, Warnock, you know, believed in him because he was that good. Obviously, he was the standout player for QPR, but there were so many games he was just disappearing. He's like, no matter, if you're terrible, I'm just going to play you because you're going to win me game. Surely that is what Rafinha should be doing at least. It doesn't matter how bad he is. Just leave him because you've only got a hope. I said in the in our WhatsApp today, Bielsa's the manager of the year, every year that he keeps leading in the Premier League because the players that he has, he has there, plus the injuries that they get, like, they are quite unlucky with, with injuries, but players like Stuart Dallas, um, Cock, Rodrigo's been awful for them. The fact that Dan James is playing as a striker and winning headers against Tyrone Mings, um, <laughs> they are they are goddamn awful. Like weeds, they're just. I know. Why would you bring on Tyler Roberts for Rafinha? Like it's <laughs> vo- vo- voluntarily. Like <laughs> it was just. Like that decision alone, they probably deserve to go down. But like, obviously, I'm kind of praising Bielsa here, and as he's took him off for Rafinha, uh, took Rafinha off here. But maybe he's just protecting Rafinha just to bring in the money in the summer when he <laughs> for big money. But there's no other manager who could take over this league team and keep them in the Premier League. This is a champion mid-table championship team, I bet. As well, I don't think most of these Leeds players would get into other Premier League teams. They're just just work in the Bielsa system don't they like that's all it can be like you can't tell me like if Stuart Dallas gets transferred it tomorrow like it's not going to be Premier League <laughs> queuing up to sign him except yeah. maybe Burnley yeah. <laughs> I mean Rafinha obviously is about the only one well yes of course There's, there are exceptions it's not like, every, every member Harrison, of the squad but. that Jack Harrison is that the Chelsea boy wasn't he he was on loan from Chelsea and then they signed him Man City but Man City sorry uh, yeah um, yeah, I've no idea who any of the back four. I've heard of Luke Ealing, um, but again, nobody's signing that back four. Nobody's signing the two defensive midfielders. Rodrigo, some random international team might might take a thing. And then, as you see, you've got Adam Forshaw coming off the bench. Um, Tyler Roberts. Uh, I have no idea who the other boy who came on for Stuart Dallas, but he can't be worse than Dallas, surely. Well, we'll see. <laughs> um, I suppose we better praise Everton a little bit. Um, Seamus Coleman, Michael Keane. Uh, I assume the goals came from set pieces. Have they two are scoring? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, Coleman's was like open player where he scored like a down head of him about three yards out. And I still, I'm not really sure why he was there, to be quite honest with you, but <laughs> but but he but he was. So has Nathan Patterson played for Everton yet? Uh, I I don't even played under Rafa before Rafa left. Right. Maybe maybe in the cup, maybe, but um, he certainly didn't play here. Um. And there's that, that Michelengo as well, it just seemed to have been shoehorned away. Like, well, I was looking for him there, that was the other boy they signed, wasn't it, at the same time? And, and Townsend, who another Benitez's boys, like, no, no, you're out. No, no time for you, Andros. Uh, uh, Van der Beek's stats for the game were extremely good. Yeah, good player. Fascinating, so just uh, another questionable decision. Um, of course, at Manchester. Well, how he didn't get a kick for them is just inexplicable, really. Yeah, very strange. Uh, Leeds, Everton, we reckon them both safe? <sighs> I, I think Everton will, will probably be okay, but I think Leeds could get dragged into it. I'm sure, it's Leeds' next three are good teams I can't remember who they are off the top of my head Money night now, oh, I said Money night next week so maybe not good teams but high, high up teams um, United away they're at home to United sorry away to Liverpool home to Spurs and then away to Leicester before Norwich at home spicy so hmm. they probably won't win many of them um, the only thing going in their favour is that I'm not sure how much how many points come in the way of Norwich Watford and Burnley which will come on to, I'm sure, but... We'll have a look at them when they, they come yeah, up. Yeah, I'm not sure We've, how many I've got running them. You can, you're more than welcome to clip it off here, um, <laughs> especially Ross, but Leeds are a team I'd be very disappointed if we don't put, like, four or five past. Um, we're not playing great, but... Well, that's the problem with Leeds, isn't it? They, go, they approach every game exactly the same way, which sometimes works for them, but... <laughs> Against the likes of yourself in Man City, I mean, Man City got seven or eight, was it? I think it was seven, um, and it could have been seventeen to be quite honest. Like, <laughs> Mel- 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 made a lot of saves, um, and the, you kind of just expect it against the against the sort of top sides that they'll just go and they'll you know they'll commit men forward and they'll just get turned over and then they get beat. Like, <laughs> it seems to be the way it goes them against the, the you know the. the Pop clubs, but performers like they did win at West Ham. <laughs> Every now and again, it just works them, doesn't it? So it's very difficult to say for certain that they struggle. Yeah, but yeah, very true for Leeds. Um, they were that last season, also, they were that 50 50 team. You know, they were either beating somebody or, or getting hammered. So yeah, you've got a point. Um, but again, a team like Leeds, you can see because Man United are so disorganised, you know, you could see them getting at them. Um, Right, next up, we had Watford nil. Um, Watford looking in real trouble again. Uh, Brighton 2. A couple of goals and a clean sheet for Brighton. Just, my love for Brighton just brings it away. It's just, they keep luring me back in every time I feel disappointed in them. Um, uh, si, I'll come to you first on this one. You've been fairly quiet. Um, yeah, I mean, Brighton, they, they finally got a striker scoring a few goals, haven't they? I think Mope, and that's his eighth goal the season, which was his total from last year. A uh, really nice goal as well. But, I mean, they, sort of watching the highlights on the match of the day last night, they, they were well in control of, of that game and 
sort of did played how they tend to play in most games. But the only difference was that they actually finished off a, a couple of chances this time. And Watford, I sort of, I'm looking at them. And I know I'm going to set myself up to look like an absolute idiot here because we're playing them on Saturday, but they look, they look, I think they're pretty dead and buried to me. They look really, really poor. The only thing they've got going for them is Hodgson's got a history of he takes maybe four or five games to, you know, put a stamp on a team and then they start to play the way he likes. Um, I thought this was the type of game traditionally that have, that have won. Um, but they didn't. They didn't really ever look like winning, to be quite honest. Uh, other than a few sort of mazy Dennis runs, um, Brighton were were pretty solid as they always are. Like hard to beat. Um, just turn a few of those draws into wins, they'd be flying. They've only lost four times this season, which is ridiculous, really. Um, when when you think you know, like Ch- Chelsea have lost three, and Brighton have lost four. So, <laughs> It's uh, it's not a, not a bad trait to have, is it? But um, I mean, Brighton go to Man U on Tuesday, um, and you, you, know, you look at it now and you think Brighton will have a great day out there because they'll, 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 they'll play like a bit like Southampton, but kind of more controlled, possibly with better players. You wouldn't be surprised if they win there as well. Or at least got a point, like you know. I'd, I'd be backing them to get a result there, definitely. Look at the way the two yeah. teams are playing. Like, well. You've got one team that is coached very well and have a very mm-hmm. clear set identity, and you've got another team who, who just look like they want to be anywhere else but on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly it. So, um, so, you know, Brighton maybe don't get the credit they deserve, but um, absolutely got a chance of Europe. You have to say, like, over oh, 33 points, but a couple of games in the hand on teams around them. Um, they're gold as well. Well, this is it. I say that they're hard to beat. Uh, and you've got to think, like, as the season goes on, there'll be more cases where teams who need points will go and try and, you know, overload against them and try and get it and they'll just get picked off um, on, on the counter-attack or, or whatever. So, um, got a lot of time for Brighton. Watford, <sighs> Hodgson's got a big job on. Um, but like I say, he has got a history of kind of taking a little bit of time to, to sort it out. That, that defence though, like there's just there's just nobody there who you'd say like, oh yeah, he's you know, he's going to organise their defence. Yeah, that that that's the issue, isn't it? As as good a manager as Hodgson is, and uh, how well he can get teams organised, they they just do not have the quality in, in that squad at, at either end of the pitch. To be honest, no, Dennis has got a few goals this season, but you can't be relying on him, especially with the defence that they've got. I think, well, obviously, Saar's been away at the AFCON. If he if he can get anywhere near the form he was in... Actually, sorry, was he injured? I think he might not have gotten the AFCON because he was injured. But if you get him back up to speed, um, that'll make all the difference. Um, at the top end of the pitch, anyway, but still, you know, they're still going to have problems conceding. But in theory, him, Dennis and King have got enough between them just to score the goals, to keep them up. It's just... I kind of see them keep enough clean sheets. Yeah, no, that's completely fair for that. Uh, my, I'm just to say, my love affairs there for uh, Brighton. Um, I still don't understand how they're so high in the league, but as you say, they just don't lose games, Dave. It's just, it just, yeah. well, it's, it's just consistency compared to like, those around them. Um, they're probably the sort of the best of the rest at the minute, outside the top eight. 
yeah, no, definitely. And they seem to be a lot of people's favourites again as well. Everybody's kind of got that soft spot for them, haven't they? Um, last game on the Saturday then, and then we'll take a, a wee break before we go into the Sunday ones. Um, Norwich nil, Man City 4. Um, as, as much as it's a 4 nil game, there's probably not really much to talk about. It's, uh, it's Man City and it's Norwich, is it, Dave? Yeah, I, I have nothing to add on this except, well, who saw that coming? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, standard win that I think shocked nobody. <laughs> the scary thing is, like, it was 4 0 and it just wasn't exciting. You know, it's just, you know, it's not like you're, you're clamouring to watch that. <laughs> I say they're just so clinical. They're so that's it. They've broken football, haven't they? Like, <laughs> yeah. they're, just, they're just ruthlessly efficient. Concede very few chances. They score from a set piece every week as well. So it's not like <laughs> they just do everything well. It's annoying. <laughs> Raheem Sterling with a hat trick. That's about the only thing to. And a missed penalty. I wish they stopped. I wish they stopped letting them take penalties. Like every single penalty he takes is rubbish. <laughs> but it, it allowed him to complete the perfect hat trick, didn't it? Because he was happy um, with the left foot. Maybe it was planned, yeah. Oh, did he score the rebound of the penalty? Did he? After I didn't know. Yes. Um, I will say. Talk, I talking about penalties, sorry, very quickly. One thing we completely overlooked in the Brentford Crystal Palace game was it? <laughs> was it Sahar's penalty? That was in midweek. Um, yeah. My but, bad, move on. Edit yeah, that out. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, always worth, it's always worth discussing. Possibly the worst penalty, <laughs> worst penalty I've seen for a, a long time. Yeah. Um, I, the, the, the only explanation for that penalty, to even give it any justification, would be had he slipped or something. But no, this is a, this is a proper football. <laughs> so, so bad. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Simon, just for the, the shits and giggles. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I can't believe we've got nothing to add on to a, a 4-0 win and get excited about it, but it's just, um, yeah, it's just, meh, it's just Man City that will probably go on to win the league at a, a fair counter because I just don't see where they're dropping points. Like, Liverpool fans rightly getting, like, not semi, getting excited, but, you know, there's, there's optimism there. Obviously, if things go in their way, but, um, I think the the Man City Liverpool game just comes too late into the season to make it like mean anything. Does that make sense? We don't have one till April with five games to go or something. Um, when when did Man City last lose and who to? Uh, I will tell you right now, Dave. Never mind lose. When did last drop points? Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, and then the last lost to. Ooh, that Champions League that's the count um, say, so apparently they've lost twice this season but I remember, I remember they lost to Tottenham on the, the very first game Crystal Palace oh yeah did they? yeah that's the 30th of October oh uh, yeah yeah gotcha. the other game would have been the it was Tottenham on the first day of the season yeah and I mean Nuno was even employed anymore so I mean <laughs> Um, well done for that. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, yeah, their season is just so many one nils, one nil, two nil. I mean, to be fair, you've only lost twice as well. It draws again, I'll kill us. Well, mm. looks like it will. But anyway, 
Yeah, right. Anyway, well, we'll take a quick break there and we'll be back with Sunday's games and we might even preview Man United getting beat midweek. <laughs> Join us back in a moment. And we are back, gents. Right, well, whilst the El Review was on, I couldn't watch my team play. For some reason, Sky didn't put both games on at once. They decided to put Newcastle on two different channels. Um, always a highlight. But um, Burnley now, <coughs> Liverpool won. Um, Fabinho, with his seventh goal of the season, um, his highest goal tally since he joined Liverpool, um, hit the highest score midfielder Liverpool have now from a defensive midfield. Well, I, think it, I think he'd be our top scorer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just such a, from any, all the clips that I've seen of this game, just such a drag game. Um, no surprise, Henderson came back at the start lineup. We all know my thoughts on, on Henderson. Um, just Salah and Manny coming back into the team. Um, Salah looks depressed, not angry. I thought we were going to get maybe like an angry Salah coming back. We've lost the Af- African Nations final, but no, no, we've got depressed Salah who doesn't want to. <laughs> but, I mean, the biggest positive for me for this game that won't really mean much to you guys, apart from you might hear me shut up for a minute, I finally got the three midfielders playing together for the first time. Um, and Thiago Fabinho and Naby Keita all got minutes together. I think it was only about 20 minutes, but um, at least at least that happened. How, how was it? Um, well, we still only won 1-0, but at least when Thiago came on to complete the three, um, Mo Salah started to look like a football player again. Um, Firmino, for me, is... It's done. You know, he's just not... That's it. You've got. We're spoiled by Jota now. To be fair, you know what Jota brings is just completely different. Um, I don't know if you watched the game midweek. I did. Yes, I did actually. And Jota just—he's so clinical in the box. It's just scary. He is. Um, did uh, Diaz play today, or was he, he benched? Oh, well, he didn't come on. He got rested. So Thiago came on. Jota came on, and and obviously James Milner had to get his. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Standard. Yeah, he came on the ninetieth minute. But I think probably just easing Diaz in. He obviously came on as sub the first game, played midweek. Yeah. Just. Well, you've just got real options now, haven't you? Like. Yeah. Um, even including Henderson, so it's, it's mad. Obviously, all the Liverpool fans are kind of like divided just now by the the top Reds and the the Moners, and obviously all the Moners like myself just wanted us to sign players. You know, just start. Like renovating the squad sort of thing. For years, I think I've, I keep harping on that the percentage of minutes played in the last, you know, four or five years. Um, but even just signing, signing like Jota, signing Diaz. Um, obviously, it looks like we're still going to get that Carvalho from Fulham. Yeah, in the summer. Um, it just, as you said, Dave, it gives us options. So instead of just having Salah, Manny, Firmino, and Jota. I'm not including Dimmick or I'm just, I refuse. Um, they're just adding Diaz in there, and then uh, we've got a couple of the young guys to come in, just creates another option. So we're not reliant on Manny and Salah all the time. Um, and then having Elliot back, um, I don't know how much you guys have seen of him, but I've never been so excited about a player. Um, I just I just love watching him. So like having him, Keita, Fabinho, Thiago, and even including Henderson, Ox, and Milner, um, we almost need to get rid of a couple 
still probably sign one to replace, you know, get rid of three and sign one to replace the three type. I'm happy with the centre-back ops. I, I think we need a, a, a backup right-back. Um, but, yeah, there's just there's just options. It just, you know, one or two players, that's, that's all, like, as a top team, I, I firmly believe asking to sign, you know, one or two players, we're not asking to spend £100 million. But just signing one or two players for certain positions every every summer isn't like a big ask to keep improving and to keep the squad fresh. And it's what you need to to keep up uh, to be able to compete with Man City. I mean, if you look at the, the two teams starting eleven, first choice 11s, it's not not a great deal in there. You could argue the toss either way for which one's better. But then you look at the bench options. And obviously City would take that. So getting Diaz in on top of Jota from last season is, is what you need, isn't it? To, to fill the squad out with people who are able to come into that first team and there's not that drop in quality. Yeah, I, I'm obviously I'm 100% biased. I, I fully admit it. But I do believe if everybody just was at their full strength, at their best, I think Liverpool have got the best first 11 in the world with Klopp as manager just the way we play I genuinely believe, even player for player going through it, you know, there's not many, as good as City are, there's not many I would swap, if that makes sense. Um, but once it comes to squad, like, City's second squad's almost as good as the first one. <laughs> and it's just, there's nothing you can do. I mean, just look at the, the FA Cup ties and that, that, you know, that Pep was moaning about, and he's, he's putting out, like, 800 million worth of players. You just that that's almost you can't compete with that. You know, Dave might be able to in a couple of seasons, but <laughs> us us peasants can't do that. Well maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time, but um any any hope for you two that Liverpool can can catch City? Nothing. I, I I can't see City dropping points. It will drop in enough points for Liverpool to be able to get back into it. That's it. I mean, it's, it's unlikely, but it's not impossible. Um, just got to keep winning. Hope for the best. Yeah, I think, as I said like at the start, I, I, almost, I just wish the Liverpool-Man City game was in like a couple of weeks' time rather than either the end of the season. Because um, if you'd got it down to three points then, it might have been a different story. Hopefully City maybe start concentrating on the Champions League. You know, if they start doing well and putting the, the, the second squad out. <laughs> <laughs> no, too much of a difference as we've just highlighted. But they might not be as like clinical as such. You know, they'll be good, but they're not in that routine. But uh, one can only hope. Um, unfortunately, City have played a lot of their big teams twice already. Uh, I think they've only got United and us. Um, out of the stereotypical top six type type teams, um, so it should be interesting. Um, Burnley down. I think so. Yeah, it's, it's looking likely, but like I say, they've got a few games in hand, which is the only reason why they're not dead buried yet. I think with the, the games in hand, it, when you're at the bottom of the table. You want the points on the board rather than the games in hand. Towards the top, mm. having the games in hand can can sort of give you a bit of a positive mentality. But I think when you're down the bottom and you've only won one game all season, I'm not sure if it, how much of a difference it makes. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Tottenham nil, Wolves two. 
was the game that basically no one watched because <laughs> just because. Um, again, I, like I highlighted earlier when we were talking about top four. Um, I genuinely think Wolves will be kicking themselves to lose to Arsenal. I just obviously I don't fancy Arsenal much at all. Um, Wolves have been really good in recent weeks. Um, one of the most probably informed teams, I believe, if you uh, if you look back, but a, a really comfortable two 0 win here, Dave. Yeah, I watched the highlights of this, and especially like every highlight, Hugo Lloris had to make at least three saves. Like it was just they were all over the place at the back. I mean, I looked at the teams beforehand, and it looked like a bit of a, a bit of a change-up team after the midweek uh, debacle. But um, Wolves were thoroughly deserving of the of the win, um, and they look by far a better team than Tottenham at the moment. Mm-hmm. As you said earlier, like if Wolves hadn't sort of not shown up against Arsenal midweek, you'd be talking about them being, you know, really big favourites for finishing the top four, but um, we know they've got that kind of drab result in them where they just don't show up. Um, and they're not the most free-flowing of scoring teams. I mean, what, they've got 21 goals in 23 games? Like, it's, it doesn't look like it'd be enough to, you know, to, to qualify for the Champions League, certainly, but um, they... They've done very well and they were, they were excellent today, so who knows, maybe they'll uh, go on a scoring spree. <laughs> yeah, who, who'd have ever thought a team would have missed Eric Dyer so much, Sam? So. <laughs> <laughs> Tottenham, I, a, a couple of weeks ago, if you'd have asked about um, who'd go in the top four, I'd have been half tempted to have gone for them because Conte had a reasonably decent start with them, but yeah, the, uh, this last week they've... Uh, They've gone all Spursy again, haven't they? <laughs> like it's um, yeah, but I mean, their their team that I think in the summer are going to need some some major surgery done to that team. Um, just uh, when you said about Wolves, they're only four points off off the top four with two games in hand on West Ham, so it's not yeah, beyond it, the realms of possibility. That, that's that's exactly why I said I think they'll be kicking themselves as well because they did not have been no because West Ham got a point. Sorry, but I think had they wanted. Today, because obviously it was before the West Ham game, they'd have been in the top four. Yeah, I think that would have been, yeah. So they still had the games in hand, obviously, but I, I just feel like Arsenal tend to beat you know, lower down teams, but through what I've seen in that game, Wolves, just, as Dave said, they just didn't turn up. And I do think they'll just be kicking themselves in, in a game like that. Obviously, it's not the Arsenal of old. Um, I just feel that extra three points could have got them right in the mix. and there's less pressure to win every game then they almost just need to keep um, keep amongst them because other teams are going to drop it but when you're trying to call the points in it makes it that bit more you know pressure situation I suppose what they've got in their favour certainly um, over Arsenal and Man United is that there's no pressure or expectation on Wolves to to finish that high up so you know them two clubs will be feeling the pressure a lot more than Wolves will uh, certainly going into, into the back end of the season no, completely fair. Uh, does Conte stay past the summer? Oh, he'll stay past the summer because I think that's. I think he was always going to get kind of a free hit this season, and then over the summer he'll do what Conte does, which is sign a lot of old players to try and bring immediate success. <laughs> and then he either will or he won't, and it's Tottenham, so it's probably a fair bet that he won't. <laughs> and then and then he'll get binned off. Uh, I think it could be interesting, depending on where they finish this season, um, what Harry Kane, what will happen with him in the summer? 
and there's a lot of talk about he's going to go to Man United with Pochettino, um, which obviously, you know, like there's a lot of stuff's got to happen for that to take place. But I just think it's in everyone's best interest that he moves on and Tottenham will spend that money to try and, say, do what Conte wants to do. I felt for a while, like, with Kane, he's kind of become obsessed with being a 10 and a 9 at the same time. So he's kind of, obviously last season he got the most goals and assists, whatever it was, which was, you know, a great achievement, but hasn't even come close this season. In <laughs> um, some games he's too deep, in other games he's, you know, he's too isolated. So I don't know if, if they'll just get rid of him and Conte will bring him. He, he likes more of like a battering round type of there. You know, he had great success with Diego Costa and uh, and Lukaku and I just wonder if he'll go down that avenue and, and, and move Kane on while he still has a value because he clearly hasn't been as good this year. Chelsea, uh, Chelsea swapped the old Lukaku for Harry Kane and coming. <laughs> honestly, like at this point, nothing would surprise me anymore with, with, with that type of deal. But uh, I don't know. Like uh, for a while, it looked like Conte was going to turn Spurs around, but they've now lost three in a row. Mm, and right. deserve, deservedly so. Like Southampton were very, very good against them on. Uh, on whatever night it was, Wednesday night. Wednesday, yeah. Wow, yeah. Who have they got coming? So they've got City next as well. Just <laughs> City, Burnley after that. Burnley and Leeds, so they really need what six six points minimum. Kind of hope they can maybe scrape a point against. I know that's my Liverpool bias coming out, but maybe scrape a point against City, and then they, they have to beat Leeds and Burnley, don't they? Yeah, if they're serious, we're getting in the top four. Um, and they've got the games in hand as well. It seems to be like a running theme at the minute, where you know West Ham are looking pretty at the minute with their 41 points. But you know, I think all the teams I mentioned will overtake them if they win all their games in hand. Now that's another matter entirely. But um, it's a bit of a, a fake table at the minute, isn't it? In places. Yeah, it's it's so strange the league this year because of all these games in hand, isn't it? It's, um... This is more strange than actually the COVID times. <laughs> the way it's gone. Uh, we'll, we'll move on to the last game of the weekend, um, just while we're at this point then. So Leicester 2, West Ham 2. Now, I didn't watch any of this, but I assume um, the way the internet is talking, Jared Bowen basically turned into Lionel Messi and it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, Simon. Well, I don't know about turned into it. I, th- I think he's, he's been like that for a while, hasn't he? I mean, he's, uh, he's been very impressive. I'll be honest, this game, I, I was sort of half watching it in in the pub, drowning my uh my sorrows from, from the earlier kickoff. Um <laughs> but uh yeah West Ham obviously started pretty nicely and when they took the lead I I kinda of thought, well, this will be a fairly comfortable victory for them but fair play to Leicester for, for getting back into it. And then um obviously West Ham managed to nick a nick a point at the end with a, a goal that Sparked a bit of debate in the uh, Sky Studios whether it should have been allowed or not. I, I don't know what either of your thoughts are on it. Uh, well, <laughs> my thoughts are that it's this T-shirt line thing, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, if, you, uh, if you look at the diagram, like kind of the, the top of the shoulder up to like maybe I don't know what you call maybe a bicep is deemed as no handball, and then everything else is handball and. It's probably just right on the cusp of being no handball. So I think they got the right decision. Um, 
I don't think it was. I, I don't know if you've seen the handball Cresswell gave away for the goal, um, which was yeah. again like totally needless. But it wasn't a million miles different to that in terms of where it hit him. I think. I think that was more lower down on the elbow, wasn't it? Was just, he, uh, he properly stuck his arm out. For well. I mean, I mean, you know, no argument with that. I mean, that was just stupidity. But um, yeah, I could see. It didn't look natural the way it went in, and as soon as that happened, I thought they're going to review this. Um, but it, I think it just about was fine. Um, from where it hit him, it was kind of lower shoulder, we'll call it. So, yeah, yeah I think it was just about right. But it was fine for me. But but that's the thing. I mean, they've made it actually. This is quite with handball. It's actually quite easy because they've got this little diagram where they, they say like it's no handball from the shoulder, um, and it's handball for everything below that. And it's quite easy to pick it out on a because it's a t-shirt line, so it's just look at where his shirt is. Um, I think they were saying like when the ball hit him, sort of like half the ball hit the shirt and half the ball just like hit the arm. <laughs> well, in that case, they'll probably just stick with the on-field decision, which is what they did. Yeah, I mean, he's it, one of those that if he goes for you, you, you say, yeah. of course, it is fine. But if he goes against you, you like. He's not like he's even headed it onto his arm. It's just hit his arm and yeah. directly gone in. Like, yeah. So it didn't didn't look natural um, in real time. So yeah, I thought West Ham deserved a point anyway. Leicester were absolutely got awful for forty minutes. Got gifted a pen. Um, just kind of ruled the way for that early in the second half. And then, to be fair, West Ham came back well, considering um, considering they were you know were ahead and then got, got turned around so I think a point was probably fair um, yeah that's um, pretty much summed up pretty well uh, where are the rest of the league now let's bring that up um, podcasting uh, 11 couple of games in hand to most teams only 22 games played um, not on the greatest on a form so you don't even really expect much of the games in hand the way Leicester are going um, but West Ham that's like as we keep saying they'll lose their places if people win their game in hand but they're they're right in the mix and they'll Moyes again he's just doing a really good job isn't he he's just he's got them kind of they're, they're hard to beat they've just got that that will will to never give up yeah, I've said before, like, I seem to have watched a lot of West Ham this season. They seem to be permanently on TV on a Sunday. Um, and the, you know, generally, they play quite nice football, which you might not necessarily expect from the sort of, you know, they've got a lot of lumps in there, but they, uh, they do, you know, play it around a bit and, uh, I quite like watching them. So I wouldn't be upset if they finish in the top four. Well, you um, get again next week, so. <laughs> well, I, 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 I get to see it firsthand next Saturday and I'll probably be disgusted by it, but, um, Jared Bowen, um, actually, to be fair, he scored quite early on and then didn't do an awful lot until uh, his corner was turned in at injury time. But um, what more do you want? A goal and assist from a wide forward. He's, he's kind of doing like Salah type numbers at the minute. Like He seems to score every week. Yeah, I've seen that. I wish I could find the start. I did try to save it on screenshot, but it skipped past quite quickly. I think yeah, I think it was uh, is this his fifth game in a row or something that like he scored in the Premier League. Yeah, I think it was. It seen something really good. So yeah, you know what? Fair play. Um, Liverpool were linked to him highly in the summer, um, and a lot of Liverpool fans kind of you know turned their nose up at it. Well, we were trying to buy him for a long time um, under Bruce, right? But we wouldn't wouldn't pay what Hull wanted. 
I think we were trying to lowball Hawks during the time when they were uh, they were struggling. Yeah, they were kind of at the you know the we don't want to be whole tiger stage of life. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it obviously didn't didn't happen for us. And he went to West Ham, and he, he took a while to get going. I think it's fair to say, but yeah. now, he, now he looks now he looks the part, doesn't he? We we were trying to buy him as well that January window, but thought that uh, Danny Drinkwater was the way to go. <laughs> well, yeah, that explains a lot, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, well, that's the that's the end of the weekend games. We'll um, we'll quickly go on to the the Man United Brighton game which we spoke about earlier. I mean. Uh, I'm going to go for a, a, another one-all draw. I think Man United will be half decent in one half and absolute atrocious in another half. You can choose which half is which, but <laughs> one-all draw. Simon, what's your what's your prediction for that? Yeah, I, I think I'll go with the draw as well. I think Brighton will probably do what they always do and play really, really well. But I think it's one of those games that you that uh, their lack of like, consistent goal score will, will probably knacker them. So, yeah, I'll go I'll go 1-1 one, one as well. You, you, you're hopping on the fence, Dave, or are you picking a side? Oh, yeah, yeah, fence for me. I think, uh, <laughs> I just think on current form, I mean, unfortunately, like, my night have always got that kind of trump card where, like, Fernandez or someone will pull something out of nowhere. Um, like, Pogba's back now, and he's one of these who, like, is bang average for, or even worse than bang average for a lot of games, but then all of a sudden, He'll curl on the top in the top corner from thirty yards and think, well, where, why have you done that for the last eight months? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, on current form, Brighton are playing really well. Man United actually haven't lost for a while. To be quite fair, them they've had a, a decent run, but they've uh, also not won some games they'd expect to win. So let's let's say a draw. Yeah, sorry, I'm just reading the tweet here. That Jason McAteer was one of the first players I ever loved at Liverpool. Right. First, first shot I ever bought with more money was the cream. I think it was '95 Liverpool top. The number four marketeer in the back, all with more pocket money. But I've just seen a tweet where he said on Liverpool TV today that Thiago shouldn't be a certain starter in our midfield. And <laughs> final, he would go with Fabinho, fine. Then Henderson and Harvey Elliott. So we're relying on Henderson again. Like you, you make what you want that, and as much as I love Elliot, he, he's still a child. <laughs> <laughs> he's still qualified to go to school um, over Thiago, who, I mean, many do genuinely talk about him for for years, being one of the best like midfield like maestros. Uh, but no, he can't get a game ahead of Jordan Henderson and, and Harvey Elliot. Um, we wonder why TV punditry is up in the air. Uh, <laughs> Genuinely, our podcast is more educated and more informed than anybody who's getting paid to do this on national TV. <laughs> more ones. Um, on that note, chaps, do we have anything else to add? I do not. I can think of. Nope. No, let, let's just enjoy that we've won three games in a row and, and, and haven't lost. Um, well, we lost the FA Cup on January the 8th, so over a month. Yeah. Over, over, over one of that horrible feeling of defeat. Yeah, Simon, when was your last defeat? Oh, today. <laughs> yeah, before that, it was uh, Brentford on New Year's Day or the day after. Oh, was it? Is it that long? It, I mean, to be fair, there's been a two-week break. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, we, we played Everton in that spell as well. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're all loving smiles here. Um Simon, well, I'll come to you and, and get the, the presses up out the way first for you. Um, let everybody know where they can find you and anything that you're involved in. 
Yeah, so on Twitter, it's at Sire Regan, and for the Villa fans who feel like hearing more depressed stuff, the uh, Holtcast podcast and the website 7500toholts.com. David, for yourself, what's what's happening in the world of um, PlayStations just now? Well, Ali, funny you should ask that. Um, I bought uh, what can only be described as a games monitor in a briefcase last week, which now, which, which now means I can... Uh, retro game anywhere in the house which means I can do more videos rather than just trying to cram one in on my lunch break once a week so um, yeah there'll be lots of that coming up on YouTube but in the meantime you can find us on uh, at CM9798 on Twitter or the website is cm9798.co.uk yeah, the, the the games content's amazing, and wait till you guys. I don't know. Have you posted on Twitter the picture of the of the briefcase? Yes. Oh, it's just it's just a phenomenal piece of kit. Like, how much would Dave Black, as a as a fourteen year old, have loved this piece of kit? Oh, <laughs> honestly, I've been taught on getting one of these for as long as I can remember, and then yeah. I finally decided to buy one. Um, it's I'm unstoppable now. Like I could, you know, I could feasibly. Well, I need two power plots, two power sockets, but aside from that, anywhere. Anywhere, anywhere in the world, Ali. <laughs> Mrs. Black is going to be fuming. She's just lost her husband completely. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, wouldn't make her fume. If anything, that would, that would, <laughs> that would uh, brighten her day. Uh, yeah, true. Uh, yeah, typical way. Happy wife, happy wife. Um, you can find us at Man the Post on all your social media platforms. Um, if you're listening on, on Apple or Spotify, please give us a five-star rating and review. Um Share the pod. Please just get out to everybody you can. Any questions for us on any topic that we're discussing, feel free to give us a message and we will maybe even make a little question segment uh, when it comes to it. Because I think we'll leave the quiz just for, for midweek breaks now rather than try to do it in the week because even I'm bored of writing the questions. Um, <laughs> we'll take them for special one-off shows, I believe. They're, they're much more fun that way. Um, anyway, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me as always. Thank you. Thank you very much. I shall see you both next week. Thank you very much at home for listening. And always remember, keep your man in the post.